0: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in and welcome to our podcast coming out of the shop Wren in Philadelphia. Our podcast is titled Tomorrow Will Be Great,
1: which is the hope of all small businesses everywhere. And um, so we decided that we have lots of conversations, as one does, and that it'd be fun to start a podcast to talk about things that we discuss on the regular. And because, you know, maybe other people find it interesting or have opinions.
0: And I'm Julia.
1: I'm Elise. And I work at the shop, and Julia is the owner. I am the owner. Elise works at the shop. Yep. I'm here. She is a shop managerial type. Yes. (laughs) Undetermined title.
0: Undetermined title. Jack Um, of all trades. Oh, yes. Jane of all trades. Yes.
1: Oh, I like the name Jane. Anywho. um, So, we are recording things a little bit out of order. Um, You might notice, if you listen to future podcast episodes, that we had not yet named our podcast And so we say our unnamed podcast. So welcome to our named podcast. We went a little bit out of
0: order because we started just on Julia's cell phone and realized that that wasn't... It wasn't sounding very good. The audio quality wasn't good. And at first I was trying to be really cheap and being like, we're just going to see if we can do this. And so we got a fancy microphone. The
1: sound quality is so much better and there's less popping and hissing and weird noises that's why we're actually
0: re-recording our first episode we did that with a few of them the next two you'll probably hear might have been done on my cell phone we still edited them they're not as good audio quality but we felt like what we were saying was good enough to leave it to just leave it as it is and hopefully you will still enjoy it
1: yes so that's why we are re-recording now now that we have a name and have a lovely microphone that's a little start so, as Julia said
0: earlier, we are recording out of a shop named Ren in Philadelphia. We are located at 135 North 3rd Street in the Old City neighborhood of Philadelphia, which is right on the Delaware River. Mm-hmm. Once you cross over from New Jersey, we're in an area that used to be full of lots of old warehouses that would sell shipping supplies different kinds of lighting hardware hardware like manufacturing Mm -hmm. and things like that and so a lot of these buildings are really tall Mm -hmm. big brick they look a lot of like the soho buildings in new york with the ironclad facades each block is a little different the main block in old city is third street i would say where most of the commercial activity happens second also Mm -hmm. has some happening too yeah. And it's also, there's a lot of old stuff. Like there's
1: um, Alfer's Alley, which I probably pronounced wrong. But it's the oldest city in the country. country. Oldest, city. <laughs> oldest, oldest city. Oldest city. Oldest street
0: in the country. And it has all these cute little colonial houses. I forget what the oldest one on it is, but it's really, really adorable. Old. And it's just like five minutes away from us. If that. If that. And it's yeah. just one of a lot of things that makes our neighborhood really special. And we're really happy to be in such a great little niche. Yeah. We're right by the Liberty Bell. Yes. want go check out the Liberty Bell. Yeah. You you that's what I always... Because my dad keep, used to keep saying, so where's the shop? And I would say, it's by the Liberty Bell. Yeah. And to this day, my parents still have not walked through the Liberty Bell. I haven't been there since elementary school. I've never been there. Oh, well, so we should take a trip. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of historical stuff right around us related to the founding of the constitution Mm -hmm. of the country got a lot of historical stuff happening yeah Um, we're very nicely gridded because this is the original point of philadelphia yeah
1: and then it kind of goes haywire as you get farther out but it's definitely a really cool neighborhood it was always one of my favorite neighborhoods in the city me Um, too i grew up right outside of philadelphia and went to school in north philadelphia and so this has always been my favorite place and that is where now i get to work and i live here as well and so
0: it's pretty neat. So yeah, that's that's cool. I am not originally from Philly. My husband, Jesse, is. We moved here about three and a half years ago. We were from, or Jesse actually is from Philadelphia originally. I'm from the Boston area. And we moved down here because I was having trouble finding a retail space that I could rent to have a store run out of. And prior to that, I had been working out of a studio in Alston, And I had a really great studio there, but I really wanted a store to kind of fully flesh out my ideas. And I looked and looked in Boston. and I had a few leads over time, but everything was really expensive, or it wasn't quite what I wanted, or if it was way too small that I couldn't actually have a studio in there as well. So that plus the housing market in Boston is exploding a bit like San Francisco. We just decided we were going to try a new city, and I had always really liked Philadelphia. So we made the decision to come move down here. So we love it, and we've been here as I said, three and a half years. I live on the opposite side of the city a little further. Elise is lucky. She lives right yeah. around the corner now. <laughs> yep. I have a whopping a uh, three to four minute commute walking,
1: which walking like who has that? I would suggest. Yeah. Um, so
0: that's a little bit about our physical shop. We have about, oh, there's another thing we are uh, Everyone always thinks our store from Instagram oh. is really small, actually, because we kind of focused yeah. on taking pictures in the front of the store. But the truth is, we have about 1,800 ish square feet, mm-hmm. and it's in a really long, deep building that kind of has a bowling ball alley effect. Because it, I mean, it's wide enough, but mm-hmm. it's just very long. So yeah. a lot of times, because we're both natural light snobs, we yeah. really like <laughs> taking pictures just at the front of the shop, even though it is much larger
1: than yeah. it seems. Yeah, so that's something. So if you do come visit us, there will probably be a lot more store than you were expecting Mm -hmm. um but you know it's it's good good
0: to surprise people a bit yeah um we're just sad that we can't take pictures of some of the other amazing pieces of furniture we have in here as easily so because it's It's like in the center of the store it's just really dark if no lights are on oh yeah
1: no and our the back of the store also has windows but it's windows into an alley so it's not very scenic it doesn't really help in the light department
0: so much. So that's a little bit about the shop. Yeah. And our shop is split in half. So I'd say three quarters of it is the store and another quarter Mm -hmm. of it is our office, our packing area, also a studio, which is kind of left over from sewing. So we have a big drafting table. We have, right now we whittled it down to two industrial sewing machines. Mm -hmm. I used to have five.
1: Holy moly. When we
0: moved down here. So it's been a long process of getting rid of things and kind of figuring out where the business has been heading. Um, So yeah, that's roughly a layout of everything. Yep. And we're recording from the back. We're recording from the back. We've turned the heat off so it's not loud. Other things to note throughout while listening to this over, you know however long you decide to listen to our podcast is yes. you might occasionally hear bell ringing, which is my dog trying to get us to take her outside or just whining to yeah. get us to pay attention to her. And it's really too hard to edit that stuff out.
1: Yeah. So just ever know she's fine. She's fine.
0: She's going through a phase where she's trying to convince literally everyone to take her out every single second and of it, every day. And it used to be how we were training her to tell us that she needs to go to the bathroom. So she uses it for that, which is great. But now we're finding yeah. she's crying wolf a lot. She's gotten too smart. She's too smart. <laughs> And she's like, oh, I can use this to get outside. Yeah. She's like, I want to go visit my puppy friends around the corner. Right. So so if you hear any noises like that,
1: it's okay. Her. Just ignore she's them. Fine. That's just
0: her. Right
1: yeah. She's napping, so
0: <laughs> good on her. So we thought we'd just talk a little bit about in the beginning intro is like, why a store? How do we pick the brands we pick? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we decide what direction we want to take our store in? How do we... Do all kinds of things, yeah, nuts like and that. bolts, nuts and bolts things, yeah. So my
1: elevator pitch when people come into the store because we we get asked yeah. a few set of questions fairly <laughs>
0: often. Elise, would you yeah. like to tell everyone what we get asked a lot well, that the internet might not know? We get asked a lot yes, on a daily get basis. Asked,
1: what are you? Do I have to take my shoes off? Is this an art gallery? Is Um, this an Amish store? Yeah, that's kind of slowed down a bit. That slowed down a little bit. I don't know why. I don't know why, but... But that, yeah, the Amish store used to come up a lot. Why is this so expensive? Which I think we'll probably tackle in a different episode, that question. So our store, if you don't follow us on Instagram, is incredibly, I would say serene. It's very clean and white. It's got a light floor. There's lots of natural light. Things are kind of placed like a gallery. So some people assume that... Since we're in a neighborhood where there's now lots of art galleries and... Not studios. There are showrooms. Design interior rooms, designers. That they think that maybe we're a part of that, but no, we're just a clothing store. And that, our neighbors next yeah. door are a clothing
0: store, yeah. too, right next to us, and they're super nice, so... Yeah.
1: And then the shoes off is because well, mostly prior to the dog, he likes to style with pairs of shoes on the floor to make these little outfit things. So some people would be like, oh, do I have to take my shoes off? Because the shoes are all yeah.
0: like on the floor. We don't do that as much no. these days because we have a little electronic robot vacuum that goes yeah. around and he just gets really confused when there's shoes yeah. on the ground.
1: And then the dog also kind of likes to nap on top of the shoes. And so trying to stop, both stop those things. Yeah, both those things from happening. Um, so my elevator pitch for the store is basically... Hello, welcome to Ren. We have about 35 different designers that we carry from all over the world. I generally say about a third to maybe half are Japanese designers. And then we have French, Italian, American, British, and then various other designers from all over the world. And normally they're unique and hard to find designers who don't sell to a lot of different boutiques. And so that's generally what I say the store is when someone walks in. Obviously people have then more specific questions but I think that's kind of my take. We might have more designers or less designers now um, because as all businesses we fluctuate with new people and old people and restarting up relationships with brands and then
0: deciding when to pass out a season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that kind of fluctuates. People also want to know one that we get probably the most is is this all one designer? Yeah, Yeah,
0: actually that's a very common. We hear that I'd say once every other week or so still, is this one designer.
1: Yeah. Which um, I guess is interesting. That kind of hits on the whole branding and knowing your customer is that all the merchandise tends to fit very, very well together. So I guess people think that it's... One designer because it all seems like a very cohesive collection despite
0: that every single piece has a different tag in it but i don't know if people are necessarily looking that deep i've had people ask that before they start looking and also while they're looking and some of our tags are very prominent so it surprises me when people see different tags but then they still think it's the same person yeah i mean they may not be paying attention yeah Or if we sew everything in the shop. Which I've always wondered, they're asking that because they can see through to the back. Because we have kind of a curtain situation going on. And sometimes people can kind of see in the back a little bit. And maybe they see our sewing machines. But then sometimes they just ask that before they even get close to the back. Yeah,
1: I mean, it might be the same thing as the whole, kind of, is this a gallery? Is this one designer? It's kind of the whole, this is a very specific aesthetic. It must be somehow uniform. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool if we made everything back here but there would be no time to do literally anything
0: else and I think that for people who might have been following Ren for a while you might have noticed that we shifted away from working on our own brand Mm -hmm. to carrying lots of different brands and in the end I think I did that because I saw a potential for growth more in that Mm -hmm. it is very all-consuming to work on your own brand and it's a lot of hard work And I felt like this suited me more at the end of the day. And it was a little more profitable if I, once I really got in the rhythm of it and figured out Mm -hmm. what people wanted. Yeah. Which is an art in and of itself is figuring out what people want. It's kind of like alchemy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know if you're going to be right or wrong and then you might have something that you thought was... The bee's knees, and no it's one not wants the it. Bee's knees. No, apparently not. We've
0: had that happen. I think everyone has, but yeah. sometimes you're just like, but, but but I don't get it. But mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like people yeah. said, they wanted this. They literally said they wanted this. Yeah. So that's the other thing
1: about running a small business. It's about kind of deciding what direction you want to head and how you want to proceed, and if you want to pivot um because i feel like the whole just going mostly to carrying other designers was kind of a pivot it wasn't really it was a total pivot. A sh- it wasn't like you abandoned what you were doing you just kind of pivoted pivoted to a different course and maybe in the future it might pivot come, back. Yeah, or or come back yeah it just depends on you know
0: lots of different things and timing and accessibility and over time we've prioritized different things mm-hmm. so now we have different priorities we still might get those priorities back mm-hmm. but At this exact moment, they do not count. They do not
1: count. (laughs) (laughs) Number one priority. I guess if Julia wants to talk a bit about picking designers, because I've been here for two and a half ish years, but Julia's been carrying
0: designers other than yourself for a couple years yeah I mean I'm trying to think like I had a first few couple designers we carried in Boston and they were I would just say they were all grouped within a similar showroom in New York or it was within a certain group of people that all knew each other so carrying a few of them and just starting off they took me more seriously because they had known what I was doing And I think what I kind of did is we have a couple of those designers now, Mm -hmm. but I kind of use them as a platform to then carry other designers. Cause in the beginning, if you're just starting out, people might be really skeptical of what you're doing. Do they trust you? Do they want to sell to you? Do they know you're going to present their brand well? So I think it's always good to like, start with four people and then kind Mm -hmm. of build from there. And Sometimes you might build it so much, then you're like, oh, I kind of want to cut back now. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be a fluctuation. I know people who, every time they add a brand, they're like, I'm committed to this brand. I'm going to keep buying from this brand indefinitely every season, season, even if it doesn't do well every season. And then I know people who kind of bounce around a little Mm -hmm. bit and only buy when it's applicable. And I think I used to do the first one, and now I'm more comfortable saying, I need to wait this season. Or I'll try to be like, Hey, can we just order this one thing? And sometimes they'll say yes. And sometimes they'll say, no, come back Mm -hmm. to us next season. So that's kind of what we've done to get some of the brands we have now. And I've reached out to lots of people and some people have said no. And sometimes that feels bad because they're not really taking you seriously. Mm -hmm. That happened more in the beginning, but now I think we have a good selection of people And we don't reach out to people as often as we Mm -hmm. used to. It'll usually be if we've really found someone like, oh, my God, how have we never heard of you? We need to have this in the shop. And it usually has to fit in with the whole aesthetic of the Mm -hmm. shop. They'll have to have a certain quality. The main thing I think we look for above all else is natural fibers. No polyester, no polyester, no acrylic, no anything like that.
1: Yeah, because we found that people tend to be more interested in things that wear, wear well, wear longer, that are easy to wash and care for. And I think we found that over time that natural fibers tends to be the correct answer for that. Um, I think another thing we look for is not having redundancies. So not having two designers that put out nearly the same thing as each other, because that way it's kind of hard to get a variety.
0: So... I think that's also part of it. I mean, sometimes we do have things that are kind of similar Similar. to each other. Like, But it's like like we can never get them. Oh, and thinking of a new designer.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, there's only so many brands we can carry that do a shirt dress. And we know it's really in vogue right now. But it's kind of, you might be a beautiful designer, but if we already have people that do similar things to you, it probably won't make sense for us at this moment to to take you on. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of. I mean, sad because there's some really amazing designers out there, but we just don't have the
0: bandwidth or whatever to to do that. Carry also for me, it's looking for construction details. Mm -hmm. Like, is the detailing really good in the dress? Is the stitches good? Are they lined up even? These days, I think a silhouette that I'm a little sick of seeing is just something that is a dolman sleeve. And it's Mm -hmm. just, since I'm a seamstress, I know how insanely simple that is to sew and to see someone charge a lot of money for that and not even do French seams, which is when you don't have any overlock stitching, which is what you Mm -hmm. see on the inside of t-shirts and jeans, jeans, which I think with jeans, it's more normal Normal. because they're going to use a thicker thread. But I think that... I need to see that the detailing is good and it needs to be special. There needs to be a little something Mm -hmm. special about it. Yeah. Because there's
1: some brands we have that some other pieces, you just look at them, it's kind of like magic. You just keep seeing these little, little details that you're kind of trying to figure out how someone could ever conceptualize this entire thing all at once. Um, We have one designer that uses these beautiful tiny brass buttons and there's little embroideries hidden throughout the pieces. Yeah. He's
0: one of our favorite new designers and he just, you can tell the details are just thought out to the nth degree.
1: And you're like, how did you think of that? Why, why is that there? And it's incredible. And so I think moving forward, I think that's kind of, that kind of magic to a brand is going to be more of
0: invaluable. The other thing that I think we're starting to look for a lot is just a clear designer vision. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a little different than what would normally be considered okay for fashion, like a, we have one designer I'm really excited about right now because they just work so differently. And mm-hmm. in a way, it's kind of similar to how I shop, which is if I find something I like, I want it in every color. Yeah. And some of our customers have actually acted that way about a few styles. Like They're like, oh my God, I love this dress. I need it in five colors, which Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that. I'm like, these pants are great. I need these pants in every color. And so we have a designer now who they make pretty much just one or two silhouettes, and then they'll make it in lots of different color options, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And you might... And so ordering from them is really different than ordering from another brand where you're picking from lots of different silhouettes.
1: Yeah. And so it's kind of the whole, you know, make a uniform and wear it every day, uniform dressing, which we haven't talked about yet. Maybe we will talk about it. That's a little bit about some of the brands and who we're looking for in the future. I mean, I don't think we have any niches we have to fill right now. No,
0: And I I don't, I mean, we're never just like looking. We usually go back to similar, the same people Mm -hmm. each season. And then if we see something new at a show.
1: Yeah. That's really special. That's
0: really special. Or we'll try to reach out to people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that works out. Yeah.
1: And sometimes it's just like missed connections.
0: Yeah. We've had that happen a few times with some people where we're like, I thought we were going to get the thing. And then yeah. the thing never
1: happens. It just, yeah. it just
0: disappears. And-,
1: and I mean, that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of stuff to do. And there's a lot of balls that get dropped. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you gotta be on top of things. And I think we try to be pretty on top of things, but we're just two people. And I guess it's less, we're not doing production, which is a whole huge thing that hopefully we will talk about in the future. A lot of our designers have a very specific viewpoint and that you can see it in throughout their collections throughout the seasons which is um, really nice I think because that means that they're a strongly branded brand mm-hmm. and we are a strongly branded store and so that we can all work together to have a good brand good vision store.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: good shop, good vision
0: and I think a good designer stays true to their original vision but can still pivot a little mm-hmm. bit each season like every time you introduce something new sometimes people are hesitant to pick it up yeah. Whether it's a customer or us as a store, because you're like, oh well, S- X did unknown. so good. Yeah. Why would I not just order more of X? Why shouldn't I try Y? Mm-hmm. And then like a season later, you'll be like, oh, I think I'm ready to try Y now. Yeah. So it it's kind of being able to pivot slowly because if you just keep doing the same thing, if you keep just working with the same shade of the same color Mm -hmm. every season it kind of gets a little bit boring for a store and for the customer because a lot of times people were like what's new what's new i also feel like we've talked about
1: kind of this idea that there's only so many of x product that any of our customers want and eventually you're going to hit that wall of when everyone who wanted this product has this product
0: is that what the glass ceiling means when you say you hit no glass ceiling means more when you're going to go through the roof because you're doing really good. good. We just have been talking about like, is there a point where we can only sell this so many, so many many of this shirt so many times, Um, no matter how many colors or fabrics it comes in? Are people tired of this shirt yet?
1: So it's kind of the whole concept that designers need to keep doing new stuff because we're definitely holding off on placing as large orders on certain things. Like a top silhouette that we've carried for three to four years that we've carried Every single season in a different variant, but now it's slowing down how many we're selling. So now we're gonna hold off, and it'd be lovely if brands would then create something a new. A new top
0: that we haven't yeah. had before.
1: So that it will pique people's interest
0: and um, in our interest. Exactly. So I guess when things start slowing down, I would always say, like, reevaluate mm-hmm. what you're doing. Do you have too much of this thing? Which we yeah. have too much of some things right now, yeah. and not enough of other things. So,
1: and be like, is this new? Is this interesting?
0: Do I want this?
1: I mean, I feel like, do I want this? Is probably really good.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's how we've started talking about: it, is yeah. like, do I actually mm-hmm. personally want to own this? And that makes buying a lot easier for me yeah. when I can answer that question with a clear yes.
1: Yeah, because if you're on the edge and you're like, well, I think people will buy it, but I don't really want it. It's probably not worth it because maybe people will want it or maybe they won't. But then you're kind of straying from your brand identity yeah. when your brand identity was your taste.
0: The other thing that we've had this past season a little bit is I guess I would call them reach items. Items Mm -hmm. where I'm like, this is absolutely gorgeous and I know people will like it, but because of the price, will they buy it? And it's out of what I've usually sold before. Yeah. And I've been surprised that Mm -hmm. I have had a few people buy Mm -hmm. those things. Some things, no, but some things, yes. So it's hard to calculate what will happen.
1: So that's exciting. I mean, when you can move into different realms of
0: retail i guess because yeah.
1: we've this season gone into some very very high-end pieces but also experimenting with not i wouldn't say low-end pieces but less expensive pieces or different types of things um to see what people are interested in and like see. we've been so surprised how enthusiastic people are
0: about socks yes people love socks people really love socks i mean i loved socks for a while now i don't wear different socks as much i'm just yeah. like it needs to match whatever shoe yeah. I have. I don't really, probably not going to wear crazy color socks, yeah. but people are really into socks. and
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, we've had socks, but not to the degree and to have the reaction that we've had, yeah. I think was kind of not shocking, but interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess the longest brand I've kept is the hair bar at and yeah. the Hen. And people that's, still love people them. People still love them and they still buy them. And yeah. that's a, for our store, a lower price point item at the shop. I guess, trying to figure out
1: where to pivot to next and if we want to pivot and if that's going to happen, is it more toward high-end pieces? Is it more toward home good pieces to objects, to hair accessories, to what other kinds of things that retail can branch into, which is all still, you know, up in the air and is not going to happen overnight. Um, so it's just, that's another thing to think about.
0: Yeah. I think you always have to be thinking about where you want to pivot next. I mean, not like right away after you've done your first pivot, yeah. but after <laughs> you do, you've sat for a couple of years on the same thing, you have to yeah. kind of start thinking, okay, so how can I get excitement back into this that yeah. I had three years ago? I mean, not that we don't have excitement anymore. Just like, I'm just constantly thinking, yeah. how can I take this to the next level?
1: Yeah. And how can I better assist my customers in what they want
0: yeah, um, or what and they'd be interested in. That's another important thing, not quite related to what we were talking about. I was reading an article last night just about really getting to know your customer. And I think because it's just Elise and I, we really know people by their first name or Mm -hmm. their email. Even if we've just emailed with you or your order and you don't email us, we'll like recognize your name. And you're like, oh, it's Clara again. That looks so good with whatever. uh, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So we actually retain a lot of information Mm -hmm. in our heads about who has what or, and we try to use that to try to help you make good purchases in the future.
1: Because you'll be like, oh, this dress would look great with that blazer you bought last year. And maybe it seems a bit creepy, but it's also kind of helpful. <laughs> but it's kind
0: of like Sherlock knowledge. like yeah. You remember it. Yeah. And it sticks with us. So
1: that is a... Not that we were talking about benefits of small businesses, but that is a benefit of, of a small, small business. Is you
0: can really get to know your customers, whether they're in person or Or, or never met them. Yeah. yeah. We've
1: never met most of them.
0: No. But, and we actually, we just met a couple people this oh, past yeah. week who we hadn't met, and then... Finally, they said at the end as they were leaving, "Oh, I'm so and so." I'm like, oh, "Oh, you didn't say you were so and so." Like, like "Thanks for coming, coming in. I really are. appreciate yeah. it." <laughs> so it's kind
1: of yeah, that small relationship. Well, it's not a small small business relationship mm-hmm. that you can have that I think is fun.
0: Um, and I don't think larger stores can offer that no. easily.
1: No, I mean that's I guess why people are always about supporting shop small and whatnot is that. You're supporting people. And not that if you work for a big corporation, you're not a person. Obviously, you are. But um, just the odds of someone knowing your name are probably a little less likely. It's just some, a benefit, I would say, of if you want to shop here.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least just make it like a puppy dog a face. right? You know? face. <laughs> a <laughs> you turtle can, face. You can. Um, that is a little bit of our elevator, elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, in a nutshell, what we're about. We're always trying to find ways we can do better. There's some things I'd love to change or work on. There's things Mm -hmm. that we've had in the works for like a couple years, and for some reason I can't seem to get them off their feet. Like just simple things that I feel like we should be able to do, like tote bags and things. I don't know. I guess tote bags have
1: been a year. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Like there are things I've been
0: like, at least like, hey, Elise, go work on this, and then nothing really happens with it for my reasons or whatever. We get distracted. There's lots of things always happening here. I mean, but that's like a small business, you know, because... You're running by the seat of your pants.
1: Yeah. Because you'll be like, hey, work on a tote bag design. But then it will be, um, I don't know. Pack, pack this order. order. <laughs> yeah, we pack this order. Oh, no, we had to write a million POs, which is a purchase order, if you do not know, which is yeah. what you sent to the designer of what you like.
0: That's another thing we just spend... I know we just talk about how we pick out our designers, but writing the orders that you place with the designer takes a really long time for me. Yeah. I think there's people who... There are people who will write their orders on the spot at oh the showroom. Gosh. And I'm just like, "Wait, so you're just writing, I don't know, anywhere to 3 to 15,000 dollars worth of yeah. orders on the fly, on the spot without double-checking to make sure you're not double ordering with something else similar." And yeah. you- you just know how many quantities to order you know you're not over ordering it just seems budget-wise it doesn't i'm very conservative budget-wise so i'm always like did we over order did we under order or more do we over order i mean we
1: have like spreadsheets and we also are always very conscious to be like oh if we got a blazer from them it we should avoid getting a similar blazer, blazer from so and so. And you don't want to. It's called cannibalizing. Cannibalizing. Oh, well, is it? I think that's
0: an elicism. No, no it's a no, tear. it is
1: one. Yeah, it's you don't want to have too many things that are the same, but have maybe one that's a lower price point, and so then no one will want the higher price point one because
0: they can have virtually the same thing. Like we were just talking about today. There's like a couple polka dot dresses we're getting for the spring, and some of them are really expensive. And then we had the option to order some other ones that are like not not unsimilar, yeah. but they were a much lower price point. And then Elise was like, Is that too many polka dots? Will people yeah. not know which polka dot thing to buy? Because I think customers always like to make a choice, mm-hmm. whatever that choice is, and narrow and cross things off. But if you have too many, too
1: many, you can't do it. It's if you don't have enough or if you have too many.
0: Yeah. It's decision fatigue, but then people also will be like, "I have two colors or three colors of whatever it is." They're like, "Do you have any other colors?" Yeah. And I'm like, "There are three colors right here. You can yeah. pick from the three colors." So it's it's yeah, it's the fine it's like, balance. Like they expect me to be like Uniqlo sometimes, but yeah. sometimes then it's just good to get something in one color because then yeah. there's no question of whether you have it. Yeah, because you either color.
1: like it or you don't, and you either like it in the color or you don't, and then you go ahead with your purchase or you don't, and uh, we don't support. People just impulse buying, buying lots yeah. of stuff. Which I think we probably talk about at we some point. We talk about that later. Yeah. We know because we've already recorded <laughs> some of these things. Or we can just pretend we didn't. It's yeah. magical. We predict the future. <laughs> <We> predict.
0: <laughs> yeah, the other thing I think that... I'm sorry, this is all coming to me very train of thought, but we also won't buy things that seem too cheap a lot of the time because we question a lot of things about that item's origin and how it was able to be made so cheap will it fall Mm -hmm. apart was it fair to
1: the lovely folks who Who made made it it?
0: yeah so that's actually i think we get into that later Mm -hmm. but or why is this so expensive well it's because the people who made it should be paid what they appropriately and not inappropriately
1: which is, a, I think, a big concern of ours and I think a big concern of a lot of people. Yeah. And even though our clothes aren't necessarily uh, attainable for a lot of people, it's just like being aware
0: of things yeah. like that. And also, just like a side note, a lot of the times the things that we're buying that are being imported are going to be more expensive mm-hmm. than a lot of our other stuff. Mainly and only because they've been imported yeah. and there's duties on those items. Versus buying them in whatever country they're coming from. Those yeah. duties didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Which that's another interesting thing that I think we'll talk about in the future about mm-hmm. how markups and where they come from and where they go and who eats them, eats them as in takes care of them and pays for them. Because different brands have different approaches to, to it. Things. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is interesting. Um, how people decide what works best for their business. Um,
0: That's everything in the nutshell that we're kind of going to be talking about. We're ideally hoping to put out like six or seven episodes in the beginning that you Mm -hmm. can listen to... And then we'll hopefully try to put out one per week. And our goal is to have ones where like today it's just Elise and I examining a topic, but we're also hoping hoping. <laughs> we're also hoping <laughs> to interview some local people in Philly who are designers or have a small business, maybe also people that don't live in Philly in the mm-hmm. future too. Those probably won't happen as often as the yeah. ones where it's just us talking because we're here, we're here yeah. every day with each other, yeah. just talking anyway. <laughs> Why shouldn't we just have you listen yeah. to our rambling? join us. Join us. Join us yeah. in your rambling. Maybe we could have a call-in feature. Ooh, I don't know how to cool. do that. I
1: wouldn't know either. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can always send us questions if you have any. Yeah. Um, if to you... our, just our general email, which is info at ren.us. Cause we'd love to hear what people are interested in learning about. I think we're pretty open mm-hmm. to talk about most anything.
0: I know. Cause what might seem boring to us might be really interesting. Yeah. Like People said to me, we want to know how you pick your vendors. And I'm like, really? Is that interesting? I thought that would just be like, I pick what I like. So that's why we talked about that a little bit today. Mm
1: -hmm. Please feel free to let us know. Yeah, let us know. Or you can DM Julia on Instagram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or don't. Or or don't. Because I might not see it and I might read it and then not get back to you because I'm thinking about 20 things. So if you actually want to respond, probably email us at
1: Us .us.
0: Exactly. Um, Yeah. I guess you should...
1: Rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Oh, right! You
0: can review things. No yeah. reviews. No rate and review. Yes, oh. Five stars.
1: I'm also no angry you'll reviews. I learn is I love podcasts, so I basically have everyone's please rate, review, and subscribe. Down. I got it. Oh, you guys would probably subscribe tell you- at the link yeah and then um we'll also have things in our show notes i don't think we'll have anything from this time
0: but um, like if we talk about a book, a book or yeah. a movie or a store or a, a store podcast, a podcast
1: or yeah we'll anything. try to link
0: to all of that
1: yeah to make it easier for you wonderful listening folks yeah um yeah so if you have any questions let us know rate review subscribe thank you and we'll see you next time Yep. bye bye